Jeff Halfley gives his first public appearance since the cancellation of the bowl game. We're going to talk all about that and much more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am also the editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. Thank you all for listening. If this is your first time listening to Locked On Boston College, we are a daily Boston College podcast. We do this five days a week. Go back. You can check out all of our episodes in our archives, but we'll be doing this you know, every day. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. On Tuesday, Jeff Halfley appeared on the Packer and Durham show for his first public appearance since the cancellation of the Military Bowl. Now, he had a you know pre- uh, a public statement when the cancellation had happened, you know, like a press release. But this is the first time he actually talked to somebody. You know, he had not done any uh, press uh, availability since the decision. And it made sense when he talked to Packer and Durham why that happened. But there was a lot to take out of. Uh, this conversation. So we're going to kind of dive into this. It might take a couple sec- sections of this episode so you can get a full picture of what Halfley said. So first of all, right, I think getting a timeline based off of what he said can help give you a better picture of what is going on, what frankly happened that caused the cancellation. So before break, you know, he said they had been taking all the precautions they were supposed to. They wore masks. They didn't go home. Uh, That was a thing that I thought was really interesting. He made that very clear that, you know, some people had thought that maybe they went home with their families and that they had, you know, cross-contaminated themselves and gotten themselves in stickier situations. He said, no, they had been with the team. They had basically done their exams. They had stayed masked in team meetings. They'd done what they were supposed to do. Then they did a few different events in Washington. It was the 23rd when the first thing started to hit, the first positive tests. And then it just spiraled from there. And he said, you know, it just got to the point where one position group was totally decimated and the numbers were too high. And there were just a ton of unavailable players. It's hard. Now, I don't know where this narrative has started. I saw a bunch of the ECU fans who are still going out of their minds uh, saying that BC only had five positive cases and the rest were opt-outs and transfers. That's absolutely not true. I mean, even if you just use basic math, like, you know, I cover every player that's entered the transfer portal. I think there's been nine. Okay, so nine guys that, and we don't even know if they were going to play or not. You know, some of these guys enter the transfer portal, just like, remember, Emery Jones was in the transfer portal and was playing for Florida. So some of the guys could have stayed around. We don't know that. There were nine guys, and then I think there were two other guys that I believe, three other guys, that could have not played um, as well for other reasons. Zion Johnson, one of them, Alec Lindstrom, another, and then there was a couple other. But on t- So that means that there must have been... 25 plus and I'm not I'm just guess I'm spitballing based off the number that Bruce Feldman put out there of uh, the numbers of positive cases and players unavailable for BC so this this thought that BC had five is ridiculous and I know it was started by 247's uh, ECU reporter but that was where it started on the 23rd and then it spiraled just like COVID cases do it starts with like a little cluster and then boom explodes to a whole b- group of people okay so that's where that was at so they were decimated. They had an entire positional group not available. 
then Halfley had to cancel the game. This is, you know, we all knew that. I mean, that that kind of just clarified a little bit of what he was saying, but it, it, it really kind of, we all kind of figured that was the case, right? So after that, what really stunned me was the issues that he had after because he revealed that he didn't get home from Annapolis until Monday night. So they had the game. They were scheduled to have the game Sunday. The game was canceled Sunday morning. He couldn't get back until Monday night. And the issues that he brought up were 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 kind of sad. Because you have positive players, they can't get on a plane. Or they can't get on a public plane. So you have to find alternate ways of getting them home. It sounds like they got on a flight. I don't know how they did that. If it was a private jet or if they just rented out a plane. I don't know. To get all the players. And it wasn't just players. He also revealed it was staff and support staff. So that could have meant coaches. He mentioned videographers. It just hit everybody. It wasn't just a players thing. It was a, a staff thing. And he said that there's, some of them were showing symptoms. So this wasn't just an asymptomatic thing. This was players. Some of them were getting sick. And so it took him until Monday night to get home and to get all the players back to BC so that they could quarantine or get the care that they needed. I mean, just looking at Halfley, he looked exhausted. I don't blame him. I mean, it's been probably a tumultuous couple days just trying to get everything done. Um, but, you know, he, of course, he's he, I, I love I, I love where he comes from because. You know, the decision wasn't really totally his to make. It's, you know, a consultation with doctors and ADs and whatever the ACC um, notification, uh, ACC rules were. So he he talks about how bad he felt. And I thought he did a nice job of addressing this. He said, from the bands to the cheer teams, to the alumni, to the fans, to the people who drove all this way, to all the ECU fans and their alumni and their players, and even to the people who put on the bowl. He felt bad for all of them. He felt sorry that this just didn't happen. But he said... You know, first and foremost, his his first goal, his first role with this team is to ensure the safety of his players. And if they're sick, if there's a virus spreading through the team, you know, he and the, and the people in charge have to take care of his team first. So I thought Halfley did a nice job of, of addressing all those concerns, you know, because he he's right. He said... He's, he also talked about people bashing him. And gosh, if you are on any social media, you've seen the ECU fans and their their podcast, podcasters, athletes, they're all going nuts over this. And they there are tons of misinformation going around. There's tons of like really emotional feelings that aren't really accurately reflecting what the players can and can't do. Like, yeah, I'm sure Chris Banks would want to play against you guys, but he can't. You know, because that's the that's the situation that college football's in, and it's the way the ACC set up their system. So um, he addressed all of that. I thought he did a nice job, and it was a good interview. He talked in a second. We'll talk about what he brought up in terms of next year, because I think that was exciting as well. And I am so tired of talking about this dumb bowl game and the military bowl. <laughs> um, and for a last thought, I want to just vent for a second again. Uh, this is my podcast. I get to spit my truths every now and then. Um, I saw that Chris Villani of The Athletic tweeted out that the a, that the ECU boosters or the ECU club is trying to raise money to um, raise, you know to cover the cost that were and, and the lost money that was caused by the bowl game because as he said and I totally agree smaller schools this is impactful it's going to be impactful for Boston College too they're going to lose money out of this it impact ECU even more they're a team that rely they need that money 
But the part that got me, and I think it just it just it just encompasses the absurdity of this entire situation, um, and, and the reactions that some people are having, is they're they're so desperate for money, but they got a two hundred thousand dollar gift that they spent on rings for the military bowl that they didn't play in. So, like, you could p- cry poverty, but you're buying rings for a game that doesn't matter, that you didn't win, that you didn't play in. Come on. Use that money for your program to fix it to, to, to so that maybe, you know, I don't want to hear in, like, a week that, you know, two of your assistants got laid off because you don't have the money because you lost it because of the bowl because you spent $200,000 on rings. It's ridiculous. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great story, but, like, you know, and I'm I'm sure the ECU fans are gonna probably give them the money that they need, but like, do you really need military bowl rings that badly? It's the military bowl. Get some perspective, and like for this whole thing, get some perspective, people. Like the people that have been screaming and yelling for like two uh, two two days about this, go find something else to do. Go play a video game. Go go hang with your loved ones. Read a book. It, it's a game. It was an exhibition game. It was a lowly ranked exhibition game. Time to move on. So I want to talk next about Halfley's comments about next year. Let's get some real positivity into our podcast. And you know what I think is the first most positive thing that we should talk about is the Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. It's about getting fit or eating healthier. It's making sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. I think it does. I love my Built Bars. I have a whole stack of them, and my garage is just a little cool, so I get them, and they're just nicely cooled and crisp. I love a Built Bar in the afternoon. Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, and unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bar is delicious. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you'll be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are 100% covered in real chocolate, so you can eat them and feel good about it. And guess, look at, listen to what's in a Built Bar. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Check that out to compare to a candy bar. You will be impressed. So as you prepare for your New Year's resolutions, throw away all those candy bars and get yourself a good stash of Built Bars. You'll feel good about it. They taste so good, and they are awesome after a workout. Go to Built.com and use promo code and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15. Sorry, that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We are done talking about the Military Bowl for a while. And I had said yesterday I am going to review the season. I'm going to push that off a little bit because... You know, some you know, there's still stuff to, to kind of dig through before we kind of review the year, and I'll, I'll get to all of that in a moment. But Halfley, Halfley was good about also not just talking about the military bowl. He talked about some of the news that came up um, around the program in the last couple of weeks with returns. Now Packer and Durham, they brought up to him, you know, it's a big deal that you re- you got back. Quarterback Phil Dracovic, wide receiver Zay Flowers, defensive back Josh DeBerry, and offensive lineman Christian Mahogany and Halfley did a nice job of of I, I think is, he's done this before but he he includes that into his discussion of what he's getting out of his new class coming into uh, to Boston College so like he talked about how you know BC's got a huge recruiting class coming in but the cream on the cake is getting Zay Flowers back Phil Dracovic it's like an added a bonus to his team uh, you know 
I love what I hear about Zay Flowers and Josh DeBerry because he brought it up again that both of them are not just coming back to play football. A big reason Zay and Josh DeBerry are coming back is to finish their degree. Both of them have one more year to finish their degree and they have plans so that they can do other things outside of football. Now that is such a big deal for Boston College. Like that like to get a guy like Zay Flowers, to get this once in a generation wide receiver or once in a t- every 10 years receiver. I mean, I don't think BC's ever had a wide receiver like him. But for him to put such a value on his education, it just showcases that even though he's so dynamic on the field. He's a Boston College guy through and through. Josh DeBerry is a Boston College guy through and through, and that is exciting. So they are making a decision that would make any Boston College fan fan proud because you want you love to hear about that. You remember when Luke Keekley came back to get it finish his degree, or Johnny Gaudreau finished his degree. These guys aren't even going to go to the pros and then come back. They're going to do it now so they can finish it. And I think that is great. But it, it does showcase that Boston College is getting a nice crop of guys back. I mean, all the big names that could come back are coming back. I mean, like Alec Lindstrom technically could have come back. But, like, you know, he, he all along we knew he was going. Same thing, Zion Johnson was out of uh, out of eligibility. The big name that we'll have to ask about, and if I can get to it, if there's another press conference coming up in the next couple of weeks, I'll ask him about Trey Barry. I want to hear more about that one. That's a big one. But like some of the names that are leaving, you know, you you hope for the best for them. And he talked about that too. Like, you know, he, we'll get into that in a second, but he talked about the transfer portal. You know, they're going to go on to something else. And, but they're not, like, huge losses. Like, Kobe White, like, yeah, he was a great story for Boston College. He had a big year. But health has decimated the poor guy. And I don't think he had a role left on this team. And it was it was, it was was worth it for him to move on. And then other guys, you know, like Joe Sparacio, Hugh Davis, they were never going to be big role players. So the major contributors, the big names, they're staying. You didn't lose any big ones. I think Sean Asbury probably, and he's going to Old Dominion, by the way, if you were asking, because uh, he, he really he left to stay close to home. And, you know, there was a, some situation with like a home home thing that he needed to do with old dominion is literally in his hometown. So good for him. And like, you can't change that. That's, that's something that like, it's a personal thing and he's going to do what he needs to do. So good for him. But you know, I think Boston college is getting all of their guys back. I think they're getting the major contributors. And that is such a boost to get Dracovic back. Who Halfley has said, is going to be more motivated than ever before because he's pissed off at how the season ended. You're going to get Zay Flowers back with a healthy Phil Dracovic. You're going to have Christian Mahogany as your anchor on your offensive line because you're losing three big names. You're losing Zion Johnson. You're losing Alec Lindstrom and Ben Petrula. You need a leader there. Mahogany, he's going to be that anchor for you with a young group around him. And you've got Josh DeBerry who is easily... Your defensive MVP of the 2021 season. He is a grinded out, locked down defensive back. A very good one at that. And I, it's just big, it's big news to get all of those guys back. So you'll always love a little positivity. And, and Halfley joked around with him at the end, too. I love to hear. I love when they talk about, um, you know, they get to get to know the coach a little bit. Like in times like this, like obviously at a press conference after a loss, you don't want to hear this kind of stuff. And you don't want to ask Halfley about it at a practice. But this is like the perfect time. It's like it's off season at this point. So why not ask him? Right. So they asked him about uh, what he would be if he wasn't a head coach. And he said he'd be a rock star. 
Uh, he wished he, he wished he could play a musician. I would, you know, get get half in a leather jacket on stage. And what songs would he sing? They talked about walk up music, which if you're not aware of what that term means, it's like for baseball. Like each player in baseball usually has like a song that they use to come up. Halfley, of course, being a New Jersey boy himself, picked Bruce Springsteen. He said, "No surrender." Or Born to Run. I don't know No Surrender, and you can yell at me on Twitter about it. Um, I don't listen to The Boss all that much, but I know Born to Run. That's a great song. Um, and I know B- that's a good choice, too, for Bruce Springsteen, because he's got a kid that either is or was at Boston College. Um, and I know Springsteen has spoken at BC, too. So um, I thought that was cool. I like to hear Halfley. He talked about the helmets on his on his wall. If you've ever been on a Zoom press conference when he's at, I think it's his home, um, there's a bunch of helmets, and he talked about them. I've heard that before. That's all the 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 teams he's played for or coached um and he talked a little bit about you know he just spent christmas with his kids uh the last day or so uh, opening presents with his kids it's such a grind for for college football coaches i think we all look at the money that they make and go oh man that's so they make so much and they do make a lot of money but they also ne- never stops and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on next for bc in just a moment Thanks again for making Locked On Boston College your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021 with local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. It's the most comprehensive college football playoff preview, and it begins live, and it is now. Bet Online is got you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football marches through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers available for the 21 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Head on over to Bet Online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We are talking about Jeff Halfley's pre- um, press availability, or not actually press availability, his appearance on the Packer and Durham show on Tuesday on the ACC Network. I love Packer and Durham. I don't know if you ever checked them out. I know for you Comcast folks that just got the, the ACC Network, um, it's too great. Um, hosts. I think they just do a really nice daily show about ACC sports. They have various guests on, whether it's players, coaches, and they really hit on a lot of um, the big topics hitting the conference. So check out Packer and Durham as a, just a cheap little plug to them because I think they do a really nice job. And, and I think it's West Durham right now that also has COVID, so hopefully he's he'll get better soon. But he seemed he seemed good in the, in the interview that they had uh, with Halfley. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, about the, not the military bowl section, because we already kind of got into what they did. And um, as I was recording this, NC State's bowl game has also been called off because UCLA did not have defensive linemen to play. Um, but he also brought, Halfley also brought up um, the balance that comes into being a college football coach. Now, if you've ever listened or known a college football coach, the grind is nonstop for these guys. Like you see and hear about their, you know, you hear about Nick Saban making $10 million or $15 million a year and Halfley making, you know, a couple million or whatever. And you're like, oh man, they make a ton of money and they certainly do. But their schedule is just relentless and it really doesn't allow for good family work balance. Like one of the things I love about my life is that I, I work hard, but I also play hard and I get time to spend with my kids. And I feel for guys like Halfley because you know, you're, you're doing, you're doing 
practice, game film, recruiting, on the road, traveling, all this stuff. And you never, it never stops because, you know, right now the season was, is over and he has, he's supposed to go on to start winter practice in a couple of weeks. There's the late signing period. And then it gets into, you know, spring football practice. And then it's more recruiting. It's almost like a 365 job as, as, um, Mark Packer said they have that one month off in like June or July that kind of like recharge, but that's it. But what I liked about what Halfley brought up is he has really made an emphasis with his staff to keep them recharged. He sent his staff home after the bowl game. He sent them home. Uh, you know, they, they were back at their, with their families. He told them to take some time off. They're going to be there for, for a while until winter practices start in a couple weeks. So, I, I like that. Like, as a, for, from a humanistic st- side point, like I'm not getting into like, you know, they gotta work and work and work. I like I like having a coach that sees the whole team and to sees the whole the whole that that it's not just football. That everyone here has a family and that it's important to take care of those families. Because how many football coaches end up having you know four wives because they can't manage their their relationships. They can't manage um, everything that goes on in a family. And he has two young kids, so. I, I like that. I, I thought that was good. I like, you know, as someone who's been to Boston College, to get a coach that finds that balance and to take care of your your coaches, that'll pay dividends too. Like if if Halfley, you know, looks out for his his coaches and works them, but also respects them. When another team, you know, I saw someone posting, you know, Joe Daly would be great at, at uh, as a wide receiver coach at Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech's offering a slight more money, but like they're gonna work them to the bone, like some college coaches do. You ain't gotta be leaving for 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 Blacksburg for that. So it, it 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 pays dividends. You make those relationships. You get coaches that are loyal to you, and unless it's a new offer that blows them away, they're gonna stay at Chestnut Hill. I like that. And Halfley also talked about you know. How, the transfer portal. We've talked about this on this podcast, but just as a recap, Halfley's view on the transfer portal is it's a little out of control. And he, he mentioned why he thinks that it's it's not the best thing right now. It's not that players shouldn't have um, agency to do what they want to do. It's that few few different reasons. For the players that are in uh, team on teams that enter the portal, they are there many of them have scholarships at these schools already. And they're giving them up to try something else. And many of them don't get it. And they don't get to play in another school. They're stuck in the portal. And, or they don't get a full scholarship. And they lose money because of it. And they're going to lose their education because of that. So, you know, he said that that's, that's a bad thing for some of these kids. Like, you know, some of them know where they're going to go. and Or they're going to FCS schools, as he said. And he's helped some of them find some new programs if that's where they want to go. But for many of these kids, they're just not getting what they think out of that. And that hurts them. And on top of that, the the point that he's made multiple times is the kids in high school, the kids in high school that are not getting scholarship offers because, you know, teams are re- reserving 12 spots for, for transfer portal players. They're not developing. They're just grabbing free agents basically off of the transfer portal and not getting f- f- uh, true freshmen. I've said all along that stinks, but it also helps Boston college because BC is going to be able to get a lot of those freshmen that are coming up in upcoming classes. If BC has 25 spots to fill, they can go out there and get top-notch recruits. And that's why you're going to see Boston College recruiting improve because there's going to be four stars that are not going to find spots on Penn State because Penn State goes out and grabs 12 transfers. And that's good for them, but it's also good for Boston College. Boston College will be able to get those kids 
that maybe they couldn't get before because they're going to see at Penn State that they don't have a spot. That At Boston College, they'll have four years where they can play or they're going to be a starter right off the bat. And BC is not bloating their, their, their roster with transfers. So that's unfortunate news for some of you who out there think that BC needs to bulk up on the transfer portal. As I've said all along, expect a couple here or there. I don't think BC is going to be doing what you've seen in the years past. And if that's what you're expecting, you're going to be in for a big disappointment because that's not what this team is about. That's not what Jeff Halfley is about. And if you respect what he's doing, he's going to develop his players. And so his first class are going to be in their third year next year. And the guys that came in last year, they're going to have another year under their belt. You're going to see more and more of these players jump in and play. And so that's when you're going to start seeing the depth built. That's how you're going to see those guys take that next step. And will they get a defensive end or a linebacker or an offensive lineman to fill a spot? Sure. But to get like 10 guys or to get a top 25 transfer class, it's not going to happen. It's just just not. So I thought Halfway did a nice job of explaining a lot of different things in this show about the ECU game, talking about his coaching staff, talking about his players and how much, you know, and, and again, he comes across as genuine and I, and I like how he had, how he feels and how he, uh, you know, brings a culture to your program. This, when you hear halfway talk, this is just another example, example of like 1000 of how he seems to care more about the full character of every kid more than just football, rah, rah, rah which is obviously a big part of his job. He loves football. That's a thing that's going to be important to him, but it's not just that. It feels like there's more to it than that. On tomorrow's show, we're going to continue talking about all the news going on in college football. We'll break down anything breaking for BC Sports, so you're going to want to check all of that out. Now, if you enjoy our show, make sure to check out Locked on ACC. It's hosted by the great Candace Cooper. I'll be on tomorrow's show talking about bowl cancellations, if you want to hear more about that. Uh, not just from a BC perspective, but from a, a uh, more of a meta perspective. I'll talk a lot about that. So check out that. And follow me on Twitter, at AJBlack underscore BC, or at... Locked on BC on Twitter. And thank you all for listening. And thank you for making this part of your daily routine. We appreciate all of you. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.